So Psalm 133, we have three texts we're going to read really quick. Um, They're not very long, but still, I'm I'm not going to ask you to stand for all those texts because uh, though we want to be reverent for the Word of God in our hearts, there's a lot of of Scripture and flipping here. So you can remain seated this time. Uh, Don't worry, we'll get back to you standing in reverence for the Word of God. But right now, I want to read three texts for you as a a kind of a thought process for thinking through the, the reverence we ought to have for that statement, I am a church member. So Psalm 133, it's a reminder of the unity of God's people and what it's meant to look like and what it brings. Here's what it says. 133 Psalm, a Psalm of Ascents of David. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. Amen. Amen? It is like the precious oil upon the head coming down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard. Coming down upon the edge of his robes, it is like the dew of Hermon coming down upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forever. All right, now if you would turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4 in the New Testament, after the gospel of Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, then you have Galatians and you finally get to Ephesians, which I just completely skipped over. Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to read now verses 1 through 16. This is in the New Testament. and Notice this language of what it looks like when the church is working together in unity properly. Ephesians chapter 4 verses 1 through 16. Paul writes, therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as also you were called in one hope of your calling." One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. Verse 7. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led captive a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. Verse 9. Now this expression, he ascended, what does it mean except that he also had descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is himself also he who ascended far above all the heavens, so that he might fill all things. And he gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried out by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming, but speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into Him who is the head, even Christ." from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. All right, last text. This one you should know pretty well. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 will be our scripture memory. This 
uh, month, and it's a very tiny, small verse, and yet, in my opinion, once again, as we talked about last week, I think it's the most remarkable statement uh, about a local congregation we find in the text. So keep that in mind as we read this utterly phenomenal statement. This is the one we've been looking at last week, this week, and we'll look at next week. 1 Corinthians 12, 27. Now you are Christ's body and individually members of it. First Baptist Church of Greg Gables, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our Lord endures forever. Let's join together in prayer and thank him for his word. Father, we do thank you for the word of God. May it Lord, be the thing that shapes us into the image of Christ as we look at its truth, as we submit under its authority. Lord, we are actively engaging and trusting in you to make us more like your son, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the gift of the word of God. We thank you for all the truth it contains. Lord, how it is not left us up to our own devices to measure truth, but has given us your truth. So Father, we pray for your help now knowing that we need it, knowing that we need to see you in it. And Lord, would you help us as we uh, bring forth the truth of your word now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Okay, so as we talked about, last week we began a a three-part series called I Am a Church Member. Let me just encourage you, this is really meant to, like I said, be one really long sermon split over three weeks. And so if you weren't able to be here last week, please go on our YouTube channel, on our website, and you can see uh, last week's sermon. And then already this week, make a commitment to be here next week, because these are all meant uh, to go together, okay? Uh, And so that That title, I Am a Church Member, remember I borrowed that from a book of the same name by a writer named Tom Rainer. That is something actually, this tiny little book we may go through on a Wednesday night coming up soon, but I've developed this material somewhat differently and just stole uh, the name, all right? I love and appreciate the book, uh, but this title even comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27, that remarkable statement we just read. Now you... Speaking of the church of Corinth in the southern part of Greece, it's like imagining Paul uh, taking a telescope and looking down on this place in southern Greece, and there are these saints, those marked over by baptism, right? And he just bowls them over by saying, you are Christ's body and individually members of it. So last week, we began with something of review and revival. We looked at the history of church membership. We debunked myths that joining the church is is not something that's exclusively in the Bible. And, And we looked at how we can begin to have a revival in our hearts about the importance of what it means to say that you're a church member. Obviously, I'm not gonna repeat all the material, but we dealt with how we got to this concept of church membership in our day. What was originally rather simple, remember you were marked out by baptism, you were baptized, which is the outward sign of an inward uh, act, you were part of this one church, but, but then the Reformation came, and, and in that there came sort of a fragmentation. You had Episcopalians, and Presbyterians, and Methodists, and Baptists, and Congregationalists, and, and there are these transitions now that have come into our lives, which has caused membership to have a little bit of a different meaning. However, the concept is certainly biblical. You are individually members of the body of Christ, and in this case, 
the local church. We talk about what the local church is, right? A visible demonstration of the life, work, and ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. That church, as, as Paul says here, is a body. And it's not just individuals together, it's more than the sum of its parts. And you know what? We, we can't really overdo it in response to the individualism we have in our culture. Our culture right now eviscerates the concepts of the local church. In fact, it's everywhere, even in Christianity, they are getting rid of the importance of the local church. We, we use language that's biblical and founded and right, but we, we take it out of bounds. We use language like, I have asked Jesus into my heart and I follow Jesus. And that ends up, even though those aren't wrong things, that ends up being, I really don't need the church. My, my salvation is, is personal. It's about me and my business, so I don't need the church. And friends, that, that is close to blasphemous. When you realize that the church is the body and bride of Christ. So, so what we're dealing with then is, is under this phrase, I am a church member, we've dealt with review and revival, and today we want to look in the second place of some things for reflection and reverence. You remember, we said that when you say that statement, I am a church member, I am a church member, that you are really stating like like a Moses when he encountered uh, the, 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 the burning bush, the same idea to take the sandals off your feet because this is holy ground. There's to be that type of reverence when you encounter the idea of church membership. And so I want to just begin with also not only uh, remembrance and uh, reflection or remembrance and reverence, but I want to begin on the third point, which we'll finish next week, uh, which is an idea of renewal and recommitment. Because the goal isn't to fill all these things into our heads. Hopefully, most of you know these things already, but the goal really is to reconnect in a culture, by the way, that is absolutely pulling us from community. Do you notice that? We can have access to all the people around the world through social media today, and, let, and yet we are never being pulled further away from community than we are in our day today. Think about it. Everything is pulling. Don't you see in a meal that used to be family time, a meal where people would interact and function with one another? Nowadays, you can have a meal and, and give six people a meal, and they each have six to eight electronic devices pulling them away. Pulling away their attention. So we need something that's going to cause us to recommit. To look for these things of renewal and recommitment. So before that, let's start with our second place. Uh, something for reflection and reverence. Something for reflection and reverence. I am a church member. I hope you are, by the way. If you believe in Jesus you should be a part of the local church. It's biblical. But now I am a church member. What do you reflect on and what reverence do you have? Well, I think there are two sides to this and they're two sides of the same coin. The first uh, one would be reflection and reverence on the fact that God's grace ordained that you be part of the church. God's grace, it is gracious of God 
that he brought you into the church. And I want to look at this in two facets, because obviously when we talk about the church, right, you can go to church and not be part of the church, right? And yet, both are gracious. Even the idea of some of you being raised in church is God's grace. Youth, children, it is gracious of God that he allows you to be instructed here in his church. And not only that, but it's even, even more gracious that he would bring you into the church. So I'm going to look at that in those two facets right now. That idea that it is grace that ordained for you to be brought into the church. For many of us, we see this grace when we're raised in the church. And I think that's probably most of our testimonies here. You realize that you and I could have been born in countries where there is utter antagonism to the Christian faith, don't you? To be in country that officially opposes the Christian faith. Now, it doesn't mean that the Lord hasn't saved people in that culture and couldn't save people in that culture. But do you realize that it was grace that ordained that you be born, many of you, into Christian homes? You say, what are the benefits of that? Maybe some of our students are feeling that right now, right? What are the benefits of, of being raised in a Christian church? What are the benefits of being born into a Christian home? Let me tell you, young people, it, it's easy as you get older to think about how green the pastures are out there. Do you realize that, that being a part of a church, being born into a church that tries to function biblically, you are born into an environment of instruction and truth? Whether it be the devotions, the Sunday school classes, the, the family worship times, the Awana ministry, the youth group, all of that is to instruct you of the truth in a culture that doesn't have a compass morally to understand anything. That's grace. It's grace that came to you. The fact that being raised in the church also brings a certain protection with it. And, and sometimes that's, that's hard for us as humans when you hear preaching that, that cuts into your grain regarding who you are to marry or being careful of who you associate with, it cuts and it hurts. Do you realize that that's God's protection of you? The fact even that you are warned about those things that are destructive to you? Now, now, certainly sometimes as ministers of the gospel, we don't do that in the way we should. And, and parents don't always raise you in the way they should, but it's with the good intention of protecting you. Friends, the, the fact that God is with you, listen, students, this, this isn't a joke. The Lord promises to be with us, and there's that sense of the powers of the age to come, seeing God's work and converting people, convicting people, and changing people. Are you a part of that? The fact that God is with you, that you're hearing his word each week, it's a tremendous benefit of grace. God's protection and care over you, the fact that he allows you to take another breath to hear his word and repent is nothing but grace. I wonder if we see that. What if our children, our students see that? Have you stopped to think, those of you who are brought up in Christian homes, brought up in the church, that these are ways in which God has cared for you? 
provisions, prayers, all of those things, the the love that is shown, the constant overtures of God's gracious love and mercy, mercy woven through your life. Do you know what it means when you look at that, when you're raised in that and your response is to say, I don't wanna be a part of the church? It means you are saying, I I don't want God to plead with my heart. I don't want God to call me to faith. I don't want God to call me to repentance. I don't want God to deal with me. In the name of God, is, is that what you want? You see, in church life, you are surrounded by those things and you reflect on that and you have reverence. Listen, youth and children, I I know it, it, it can't possibly be cool to be part of a church today, but it's a glorious display of grace that you are born into a Christian family. Even if there's only one believer, the fact that you've heard the gospel and repented, that you placed your faith in Christ, you've been baptized and marked out as part of the church, even with all its imperfections, its instruction, its care, and a sense of the presence of God, wow, take your sandals off your feet, for this is holy ground. Then for others, that God's grace would secondly cause a hunger for God. It's another thing we need to reflect on and have reverence. It's God's grace that you were given a hunger for God. You notice that? The only reason you and I have a hunger for God is because of God's grace in the local church. Reflect on that and have reverence. Suddenly, out of nowhere, what happened? You just began to have a desire of God? Began to have a hunger? You heard expository biblical preaching and you said, man, this is different. This is growing in me a hunger and desire. Listen, this is what we need to pray for our culture. Let's have spend time in my office every Sunday morning on the Lord's Day thinking of all the people who'd rather sleep in or go golfing and, and none of them show a hunger for God. Let me tell you, in our culture today, a lack of hunger for God is a famine that will destroy people forever. You decide, I want to learn about God. I don't, I don't know how to find him, but I really want to know about this God in whom I live, I move, and I have my being. Friends, that's grace. You may not know how to put it like this, but, but if you're not in Christ today, and maybe you've been raised in the church and all this destruction, you've seen maybe God in a distant way of his provisional care about you, let me tell you something. You need some good news. Because I know this. You're grieved over your failings. You're grieved over your need to be a perfect person, which you can't be. Grieved over the innate sense, according to Romans 1, of being under the wrath of God. Let me tell you, you need some really good news. You need somebody to teach you and watch over you, not just to preach to you, but someone who would love you enough to do the one-on-one work with you. I'm thankful that God, he he works by using individuals to come right down and minister to you. And let me tell you something, children and youth, God has given you individuals to instruct you in the truth and they're called your parents. And I know it feels like they don't always love you or have your best interest in heart, but trust me, they do. If If they're Christians, if they're following Christ and his word, then those things that you see as a burden... They're gracious. Trust them. I know, look, I know I'm, 
I know I'm preaching to teenagers and students here, right? So often that can feel like preaching to deaf ears, and I, I, deaf ears, because I know that because I, I experienced that. It wasn't that long ago that I was there, right? Although it's getting longer every day. But friends, you may not see this now, but I, I guarantee you this. When you're in Christ and if you're in Christ, there will be a day where God opens your eyes to the grace of you being born into a Christian home. There will be. If you have parents that are believers, there will be a day where you come to realize God's grace in that. And you know what? If you ever spend time with any Christians who have parents who weren't believers and you see God's grace there, it should cause you to be thankful. We, we got into a weird part in our society of Christianity, right? Because this is what happens. Our testimony, we think, is not good enough if we're, we're raised in the church. You ever been there? I've been there. I got saved when I was seven years old, right? How much sin can a seven-year-old encounter? Well, enough to be a slave to it. Enough to be born thinking that I'm my own God. So, so we've gotten this place in a culture where people are trying to match testimonies by how wicked they were before they came to Christ. That's not a spitting contest. That's not something to brag about. Only if it's boasting in the fact that the Lord has changed your heart and desires from all that stuff. Then there's something boastful in it. But friends, if you are in Christ, you have a glorious, wonderful testimony. Even if you've been raised in church your whole life. Even if you were saved as a child. Because guess what? If you're a Christian, that means God has taken your dead heart and made it alive to him. You are literally brought back from the dead, spiritually speaking. You have a glorious testimony. I don't know how we got to this place. But I want you to see, if you were raised in a Christian family, there's nothing but grace there. And not only that, but given a hunger for God's grace, for God's word, what a wonderful thing. You need good news and the good news that Jesus came down and ministered to you and gave you a hunger for his word is tremendous. Amen. It gives you a sense of community, right? The idea that you need something bigger than yourself. Let me ask you, all of you, has grace done that in you? Has grace given you a hunger for God and a desire to want to learn from him? See, then you come to a church and then you learn and reflect on that. It is grace that works those desires and brings you to a faithful body of Christ. That brings you to a church that seeks to be faithful to the word of God. How gracious. Reflect on that. Have reverence for these things. You know, it's, it's very much like this. It, it, you, you by nature are really orphans. Spiritually speaking, spiritual orphans. And in the gospel, you learn of a loving, tremendous father who is a king, who brings you into his kingdom. And in that, you gain brothers and sisters in Christ in the church. Even those who, who never even had children in the church, you gain sons and daughters in the church. It's a beautiful thing in the community that God brings you to. That's grace as well. It's all covered in grace. Listen, in our frantic culture, where things seem to be going 150 miles an hour so that we just look ahead at the next thing always and we never stop in and take the scenery in, friends, would you stop, church family, and reflect on this truth? 
Would you be reverent? Part of the church? I am a church member. And it is by God's grace that I can say that. Stop and consider this. Do you ever stop and consider that? Or is it something you just take for granted? Yeah, church is just something we do. It's part of our culture. It doesn't mean anything. It's just something we do in the South. No, friends, church membership is God's grace at work. The fact that you can say that you belong to a church and he's changed your heart and brought you into his church, it's nothing but grace. What a blessing this is. Especially our young people. Let me encourage you. Don't take for granted that you were born into the church. You were born into a church, Christian, loving home. That's encouraging. Blessing that is. Okay, some things for renewal and recommitment now. I'm just gonna start this point this week and then Lord willing, I'll finish it next week. Some things for renewal and recommitment. I am a church member. Some things for renewal and recommitment. First off, I renew my commitment to grow as a disciple of Jesus Christ. I renew my commitment to grow as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Spiritual growth is found all over the text. All over the Bible, this is, is given to us consistently. I want you to recommit yourself as a church member to grow as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Now, in each case, as Paul gives us the illustration of a physical body here, uh, each case is a physical body. The way Paul describes the body in 1 Corinthians 12, it paints a very memorable picture here. I don't know if you know this about body parts, but they grow. Brothers and sisters, your body grows. They, they grow and they develop. Your, your mind develops over time. It doesn't stay stagnant. That's why you, you desperately need to always keep your mind active. So you keep your mind going by reading and thinking and crossword puzzles, mental games, and so on. Even in your old age, your mind grows. You develop your eyes so that you really learn to observe things. How many people see, but they don't see, right? Your ears, to discipline your ears, to grow in your ability just to listen to something, to process that. It's what school is all about, or at least it was supposed to be, right? You were to listen and discipline yourself for 45 to 50 minutes to listen to a lesson and process it. There's a growth process there. Your mouth some of us haven't really learned to grow in the discipline of the mouth, myself included, to discipline it to speak properly, to use manners, to discipline it to keep it shut sometimes. That's where I struggle. Uh, the hands and the feet. You train and, and discipline your hands and feet to do uh, skills of working with wood or wiring or whatever it is you do. The feet you train so that you learn to walk in, in the places you need to go. It's all about growth, isn't it? See, you know what happens if the body parts don't grow, they're dying. <laughs> we get this all the time in our culture. It reminds us of 1 Corinthians 12 where we're told that the church is a body in which the parts grow and develop as disciples. You are programmed as Christians to grow and develop in the spiritual realm. To be transformed, as Paul says in Romans 12, by the renewing of your mind. You are always seeking to bring every single thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Now, you never do it perfectly, but you're working on it and growing in it. 
your spiritual eyes. When you're born again, you see the kingdom of heaven. You know the growth in that? That you can, when you hear good news or when you, you read the news, you can kind of sort of see through it and how God is working in his sovereignty, see what he's doing in the world? Your ears, you learn to listen or should be able to learn to listen to what's edifying or good or helpful. Do you? See, there's growth in the spiritual realm in those things. The mouth, we'll deal with this more God willing next week, but whatever we do, it is to edification, encouragement, and growth. Now listen to me. Can I share a truth bomb with you? You know this. You blow it a lot, folks. <laughs> you do when it comes to growth. Anybody ever feel like they're stuck, spiritually speaking? Not growing at the, the rate that I think I should be growing, right? But you discipline yourself the same way you do with your hands and your feet. Because you see, if your hands aren't being disciplined to serve God, your feet aren't being disciplined to serve God, then what's happening is you're just becoming a spiritual couch potato. What happens if you don't exercise? You're going to die. <laughs> or at least those limbs will become useless. So I'm encouraging you now to make a renewed commitment to grow as a disciple of Christ. It's just a beautiful metaphor that Paul gives here in 1 Corinthians 12. Sometimes, folks, you don't really think clearly because your spiritual mind isn't as developed as it should be. Join the crowd. Be encouraged there. That's part of growth. I don't know if you know this. Well, I'm sure you do. Um, but God makes uh, toddlers and infants' heads significantly stronger than any other head. Do you know that? I know this by experience. Our Bubster Bean, Emmett Clark, has been learning how to crawl recently. Uh, he knows how to crawl. He's got it almost down. Uh, he's a little bit of an army crawl right now, kind of creepy one-legged thing he's got going on. So, uh, but with that, with that movement comes... A lot of head bumping. Now, I think God has given him an especially developed head to endure those, uh, those hard, hard falls. Uh, but you ever have that feeling when you're part of a, a family that, oh, that's a, that's a big one, right? Some of them you're just like, don't cry, wipe that one off. Uh, but some of those falls are hard and you're like, that's the one, we're going to the hospital, right? That's, I know, he's got a concussion, there's no doubt. Don't make me feel like a bad parent, right? You know, don't lie. I know this is all, you've all seen your kids hit their heads on occasion. Don't you dare try and pretend that. Listen, you're supposed to encourage the young parents in this church. We did that last week, all right? All right, so sometimes kids hit their heads, grandparents, and it happens. Uh, and so in the idea of that, as he's learning to walk, guess what's going to happen even more? He's going to bump his head. Especially as we develop and grow, there are going to be times where we stumble and we blow it. We fall and we hurt. That's going to continue to happen. Sometimes, as particular, we bump our heads. We go through growth spurts. It's the same way in the Christian life. With mistakes that are made, or you're not just aware of something, there is a clumsiness that attaches to different stages in the Christian life, let me tell you. And maybe you're experiencing that now. Let me just, that, that's okay. There is growth during those times. Those are growing pains. The trials and tribulations of the Christian life, they are growing pains that come. But the question is, are you growing in your Christian life? Are you growing in the way that you think and in the way that you serve? 
Are you growing as disciples in, in listening? And the, the discipline of using your feet to get to good places to spread the good news, really, are you growing in faith? Let me encourage you, recommit yourself to grow as a disciple of Jesus. Because if you don't, you're gonna suffer. Don't be malnourished as a Christian. Malnourishment limits your usefulness. Same way as it does in the physical realm, so the spiritual realm. So you grow and develop, and when you hear in our own culture the emphasis on the physical that we have today, right? On going to the gym and exercises, that's a, that's a wonderful thing. Bodily exercise does profit. But godliness, discipline in godliness profits even more. Learn from those metaphors and renew your commitment, will you? I'm going to grow beginning today, tomorrow, and every day. I'm going to grow in the aspects of my Christian life. Grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. Speaking the truth in love that we may grow up into the maturity that is in Christ Jesus the Lord. This is the language of the scriptures. And then we're going to wrap things up today in our last point. I'm a church member and I renew my commitment to function as a body part. I'm a church member and I renew my commitment to function as a body part. You are Christ's body and individually members of it. In the physical realm, it's a tragedy when a body part ceases to function. Maybe you have an accident, you lose a leg or the use of it, it's an absolute tragedy. Or maybe for whatever reason, your whole body becomes weakened because of a heart attack. What a tragedy. And even as we think of how that tragedy would affect us, it should help us think of the spiritual body, the church. You know, imagine what it would be like. Just picture in Paul's analogy here. If my head gives a message to my right hand to do something. Right hand, I want you to take the fork, get the food, and put it in my mouth. You should be used to this by now, right? My right hand doesn't do it. That would be weird, right? So you say, okay, right hand, would you help me a little bit because I need to get dressed this morning? And the right hand says, no, I won't do it. So, uh, hey, right hand, I have to get to work and begin answering some emails. Come on, let's get to work. That would be silly. One of my, one of my favorite parts of any movie ever is in this movie called All of Me with, with Steve Martin and Lily Tomlin and this ridiculous concept that she takes over his brain. And Steve Martin, if you know, is one of the kings of physical comedy. And so there's a point where, where Lily Tomlin's trying to control his mind and tell him what to do, and he's responding to it. And so he's trying to tell his arms and his hands to go one way, and that man who's made of plastic just makes it absolutely hysterical. There's something comical about this, right? If you say something to a body part and that body part refuses to function, then it's useless. It's difficult. So, so, okay, let me ask you this. What do you do when the word of God is preached? What do you do when the scriptures are read by you? See, that's why the, the epistle of James is so strong with saying that faith without works is dead being alone. It's like looking in a mirror, he says. You say, oh my, I've got a lot of work to do. But then you just go your own way. See, church, you, listen to, you just listening to preaching is no good. Just listening? There should be a functioning of the body. The church body is most beautiful when each part functions. 
Imagine an Olympic skater and he or she with their whole body is, is focused on the twirling or the whatever that's done on the way in which the precision cuts a straight path and ice and twist. It takes the whole body to do that. If one hand or one eye or the legs decide it's not going to do it, they're not going to be Olympic skaters. Or for soldiers, well-trained soldiers whose eyes are active in the battle, looking and his, and his hands are trained to shoot, his feet know where to go and how to go. It becomes beautiful when you have a platoon of men and they all function together as one. That's the church. That isn't individualistic. Each one must do its part to be sure, but they function as a body. So let me ask you a couple questions, brothers and sisters. Do you function or do you only just listen? Are you hearers of the word only and not doers? Come on, right hand, let's go. Okay, right hand, we're gonna need some help in the nursery this week. There's been some openings in the Iwana ministry. Do you get the point? There is always a doing of something in response to the word of God. Always. So let me suggest this. If I, if I were to say that we had a nervous system here as, as a body of believers, I think it would be our prayer list on Wednesday night. Some of the most precious times we have as a church is on Wednesday night when we walk through what you all are going through and we can pray for you. The men come down and pray for their families. I know you guys in Awana don't get a chance to do that, but it's wonderful. So let me ask you, in which there are not just things we pray for in those moments, but, but does it ever prompt you to send a message to somebody? Dear so-and-so, I just want to let you know I'm praying for you. Or get to email the deacons or whoever does a prayer request and ask, how, how can we pray for the prayer list today? How can I pray for you today? Listen, I, I need to do more of this as well. As our bodies never work up to full capacity, you work towards that. But think about the prayer list, something as simple on Wednesday nights with the Holy Spirit being the blood flow there. Now listen, I get it. Body parts need rest. And, and, and I know enough of the schedules of many of you to know, oh, Pastor Cody, something else I've got to do? I'm just exhausted. Now listen, you've got to get that rest too. But for all of us, there comes a point where you've got to get up and get to work. Amen. Will you recommit yourself and renew your commitment to function as a part of the body of Christ? We will only be as effective for the kingdom of God as we function together as a church body. Amen. Will you recommit today? I'm going to break at this point. I've got a couple more points next week, Lord willing. But I want to develop them and take some more time on some material there and self-examination. Here's all I want you to do today, brothers and sisters. Seriously, church membership Holy ground, reflect on that. Not by chance, not by accident, but by grace. Born into it. A loving family, I am a church member. But brothers and sisters, please in everything that calls for your energies, eternity pivots on this. Let me tell you something, if you are not growing as a Christian, you're dying. <laughs> My encouragement is that you recommit yourself by God's grace each day, reading the word of God, fellowshipping with God's people. I want to, by God's grace, grow as a disciple. 
When the word of God speaks, say, Lord, I'm listening, but now tell me what to do. Then to the best of your ability, by grace, do it. And you watch how beautifully a church can function when that happens. You watch it. I love you, church, and I'm thankful for the the Lord's work here. We still have got a long ways to go. I want to function together as a body. Why don't you stand as we pray and ask for his help to do that. Lord, we pray that you would take what is mentioned here in very felt weakness and use it to transform us, to make us a people reverent over the grace that makes us part of your church. Lord, I pray that we would renew our commitment to grow, that we would renew our commitment to function as a church body part. Father, we know that it's all grace Lord, it's grace that we were able to be here today. It's grace for the unbeliever that was raised in church and it's grace for the believer that was raised outside of church. It's all grace. Lord, would you help us see that and we'd have a certain type of reverence for how you brought us, instructed us in the church. That Lord, we would recognize that church membership isn't just something on a list, a piece of paper that we sign like a country club or something like Sam's Club. Lord, the ridiculousness of that. That, Lord, when we join the church, we are a body of Christ and individually members of it. Father, that is nothing but the grace of God. Lord, I ask for your help as we seek your word and seek how we can have faith with works, not without works. We can grow in grace continually as Paul instructs us the book of Colossians and elsewhere, and we would function, see, he's perfectly laid out for us in 1 Corinthians 12 as part of the, the body of Christ. We ask for your help in this in Jesus' name, amen.